Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Some frightening things this way come, and indeed it is another edition of Filmically Perfect on 913 WYSO. I'm Nikki Dakota, your host, joined in the studio by the film guys on your radio, right? Storyboard artist for the Cohen Brothers uh, and many, many, many other films for more than 20 years, and he's uh, our beloved. He's J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd. I'm shrinking. <laughs> I'm coming smooth. Get out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> on your radio oh, left, no, <laughs> Nitrate, film archivist for the Library of Congress and possessor of the largest frame brain on the planet. He's George Willem. And George, welcome. Hey, when a movie's opening music has Ray Anthony and a theremin, you know yeah, you're in you for a good that. time. Not little Anthony in the Imperial, Imperials. <laughs> Ray, Ray Anthony and, and his Ray horn. Anthony and yeah. his horn. It is uh, perfect movies that bring us together. Or filmically perfect on Wiso and uh, gentlemen, what what do we have today? This is the 1957 Universal International Classic, The Incredible Shrinking Man. <laughs> is that anything like the fifty uh, foot woman? Well, those were all kind of knocked off of this, this yeah, sudden of craze other, that yeah. they Invisible got on movies. Is that is that no, before no, that was after way long. Way, way But we're first. talking about okay. scale and understanding in society, and that's um. You know, the, the you know Daryl Hannah redid that movie. All that stuff was in this vein because it was it was such a kind of an interesting movie for its time. Well, this now this of course it all comes out of the the fear of the of atomic of the atomic age and the effects of atomic radiation. So you have this one, and you have once again the film, the whole a whole like wave of film kind. It really yeah. does reflect the psyche of. Well, the, this is the fifties, oh, and it's right after the war. And a lot of things are happening very quickly. Technology is moving. You know, the, the war pushed technology so fast. Uh, you know, they, they they had to have rubber immediately or else, right. you know, all these inventions just, they just put this supercharger on getting everything done. And then after the war, they couldn't really stop it. Things advanced a little bit faster. Than they, so they had all these great movies about things uh, that can happen and uh these science fiction people really went crazy. Oh, yeah, technology run amok, basically. Yeah, and it's almost the, the, even the name of shrinking. Yeah, man. Like, because like everything ma- is becoming so much behind. bigger yeah. than everything was becoming out of scale with with what they thought they had control on. And this is one of the best metaphors of that area uh, of that that time. I think the Incredible Shrinking Man, because a guy can't stop himself. He just goes. Sh- and the, the movie George will give you uh, uh, how this movie plays, but. One of the best things about this movie and what makes it so perfect is the way they establish it. It's just so simple the way they do it. They go out on a boat, and all of a sudden a cloud comes in, and she goes, oh, I'll go down on the boat to check something, and then he takes it up the nose. You know? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. And everywhere else as well. And as then they set, and then, and then you know they, they stumble upon that a little farther in the movie. But how, you, how do you make a great science fiction movie? You establish it so clearly that you can just run with it all the way through it. Uh, this is indeed a perfect movie, and let's uh, remind ourselves and everyone uh, exactly the uh, very strict level of it's uh, so strict. Judgment is strict. The rules oh, that uh, that uh, guide these movies, and gentlemen, those rules are. 
Well, the incredible shrinking man creates the world that it exists in. And it wholly sustains that world. Regardless of changes in society, the incredible shrinking man retains its meaning and entertainment value. An incredible shrinky is never placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. He is perfect in his own tiny scale. That's right. And he doesn't wrestle with that slinky toy either. <laughs> two different things of a similar. But you know. there is some kind of wrestling of, of, a, of a sort. George, will you give us uh, the, the arc of this action? Certainly. Well, basically, the story is of this, uh, this fellow played by Grant Williams, uh, Scott. I believe. It is uh, Robert Scott Carey. Robert Scott Carey. Mm-hmm. He and his wife, as as JT said, are out on their boat, and this mysterious cloud is floating on the water, and they end up going through it. And at first, it's just, you know, it's weird that it's a cloud. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really seem to affect anything. Is that glitter on him, or is he wet? I couldn't it's tell. Glitter. Yeah, it's kind of glitter. glitter. So Remember, like, you, know, you know, during uh, these nuclear explosions, they would have this poison dust and everything. Dust, There's a little yeah. bit of that in this picture. And here, as it happened, know? she had gone in. She, she went down. Had been the, she she went was down, getting the beer, yeah. for, getting him. beer for him. Yes. So she missed being misted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Well, so he gets home and for you know for a little while there's not really anything knows, but then he notices that his clothes are fitting kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And and he finally goes to see the doctor and the doctor can't really figure out what's wrong with him and that doesn't really see anything but and i wrote but, down this quote just because it's so funny the doctor says people don't get shorter mr gary they, they just don't get shorter yeah <laughs> but then the doctor i mean the doctor t- you know has him come and takes x-rays and then has him come like a week later and takes more x-rays and puts the two x-rays together and notices yes he is getting gradually smaller not just shorter he is getting you know compl- everything is is reducing in size. And his wedding know. ring falls off of his hand. And, and that's right after she says, Ting. as long as, because he thinks he might be a freak, and he says, will you ever stop loving me? She's not as long as you've got that ring on your finger, and then it falls off. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. And Poor it, thing. It just gets worse. But he yeah. goes to see another doctor, and the doctor comes up with a, with a potion, uh, sort of a, a shot that he gives him, that uh, does actually seem to stop the process. Of course, he's stuck at, you know, about the size of a 14-year-old. But at least he stopped. And then he starts shrinking again, and more and more rapidly, until the point where he is—he's gotten so small that he has to live in a dollhouse within the house that is was his, you know. And I'm going to stop there because okay. you know I don't want to give away the end. Now, no. one of the one of the best scenes in this movie, why you should go and find it, is where <laughs> he, he has a little bit of a problem with his cat. <laughs> Especially when he's so you can imagine he's about six inches high. He's about mouse size. Yeah, now. You know what's really cool about this movie? He's petting this cat and he's feeding him milk, and then the cat's <laughs> always loving him. And then pretty soon the cat comes in the house and he's sitting in there. He's sitting on the couch relaxing in the dollhouse, in the doll and this house. cat's big paw comes through the window and <laughs> scratches him. And this. Absolutely terrifying scene of this well, cat chasing the, actually, him. The iconic image from this film that is used time and time and time again in documentaries about horror films is where Carrie goes to the front door. Of the, I mean, he hears all this noise outside the dollhouse and this sniffing and sniffing. And he goes to the front door of the dollhouse and flings the door open. And there's just this huge cat <laughs> face in the door. <laughs> He slams the door shut. Yeah, and then the cat comes through the side window and then you know, that big paw and then chases him across the. Now the, the special effects are 1957, so they're not as what you expect to be perfect now. Right. But but they're you're, good. You're they so terrified good. of this cat getting our guy, <laughs> and this is the same cat that he 
fed and nurtured. Cat's name's Butch, by the way. And he he gets knocked down the steps there in the basement. And, of course, what's really cool is that the the hot water heater that he failed to fix is now his demise. (laughs) You know, that there's... There's so he's water. living in a matchbox under the water heater, but it's dripping, making him, making his life miserable. And he, because he fell down the stairs, it changes everything. everything. And, and and he's got, he doesn't even, for that moment on, it's infinite. It just doesn't really, he's never going to be rescued. And it's right. just, spoiler it's, alert. It's a real, tu- <laughs> it's, it's a, a real tour de force for, um, for Grant Williams, who's not in very many films. Because for a good for the second half of the movie, once he goes in the basement, he's on his own as an actor and as a character, and so it's him against all these you know rapidly increasing in size, living and and otherwise um, devices that are coming after him. They do a very nice job of uh, you know this is before digital effects, so they built big chairs and big couches and things like that. And then they have to handle his scale as he's large, medium, medium, yeah. small, small, tiny. And they had to do this. And, and this took a, a tremendous amount of skill. And George thinks some of it was, was done. Uh, Force perspective. Yeah. And then oh. a lot of it, a lot of other of this stuff was done with just big furniture and chairs. And then they did a lot, I think where they just split the line on the negative and, and right. And, split screen. Yeah. Effect. But well, regardless, it's, it's wonderful when they do a lot of really marvelous reveals where they're talking to him and he's even smaller in the yeah. chair. Then he's sitting on the doctor's bench and he's little, little and you can, you can't, you look at him like, there's no way he can even go to the little boy store and buy these clothes. Cause they're so small, you know, he's even gets um, smaller than a doll. Right. Yeah. Well, it gets to the point where he gets so small. He actually ends up having to make his own clothes. From I believe, burlap, from handkerchief, burlap, yeah. And, yeah, and he gets, you know, he gets disgruntled with his wife, who's really marvelous until he gets really small, and then they just can't see eye to eye on it. No pun intended, of course, <laughs> oh, on anything. And then he runs off with this circus girl, who's like his scale, right? And right. he meets her, and she's beautiful, of course. And uh, uh, but before he's woman, t- before he's very tiny, when he's more like you know, well, he's yeah, he's average. He's you know, like a dwarf size. Sure. And uh, Billy, uh, there's a real famous. Uh, uh, small person in this movie that's an actor um billy curtis who, who had a lot of movie parts he's he was a dwarf um very famous but this girl is uh they kind of fall in love and then he starts getting smaller he, he <laughs> grows less than her and he's in his own little world uh, hence our rule number one of course <laughs> and the, we're talking about the incredible shrinking man black and white film from 1957 uh directed by jack arnold and a really great Ride. It's a, and and you're right, Jay Todd. The, the special effects wouldn't be maybe up to standard. Like when he's walking around the town, you can see the line. Yeah, around there him, is but a little it's okay ghost though. Once in a while. It's okay though. Yeah. But I think that the character, the actor, does such a wonderful job of of making you kind of feel for him that you forget a little bit about that, and you're always kind of laughing at <laughs> his exchange with everybody else because he's not the right size. Right. And people are looking at him, stepping off, crossing the street, and want to walk by the little short guy. By the way, it doesn't seem as bad as everybody made it out. Well, anyway. in this movie, you're also you're going to see Milburn Drysdale from the Beverly Hillbillies, <laughs> yeah. who has no wig no on hair at all, yeah. and he's the doctor, and he's used to play all these parts where he was this serious old guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Before he became, I don't a... think he ever played a young guy ever. He was always <laughs> he just was born old. old. Yeah. Now, Jack <laughs> Arnold is a really interesting director who has kind of been rediscovered in the past years. I mean, he he ended up his career doing a lot of television, but a lot of television that everybody loves, like Love American Style. The Brady Bunch and that kind of thing. But in the 50s, he was like one of Universal's go-to guys as far as science fiction 
films were concerned, uh, doing things like Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, and it came from outer space also in 3D. And um, let's see, what else? Oh, um, sorry, I'm looking at this. Tarantula. Ooh, um, which is funny because, and I'll point this out, and not to nitpick here, but the spider that uh, is involved in this sort of like this uh, crescendo duel that mm-hmm. happens in the basement. That's a tarantula. Yeah, I know. It is a tarantula. And I don't yeah. like that. That's the one thing that I didn't like, but it, it's okay. I'm, I'm willing to completely overlook well, that. Well, that's why modern, audience, that's why modern yeah. audiences have to kind of like, you know, look past that right. stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they were doing it today, they would probably do a digital version of a brown recluse or a black widow yes. spider, which would be Which yes. brings me to, I cannot believe they haven't tried to remake this film. That's actually astonishing. And it's it is, probably yeah. sitting on a stack of scripts somewhere in development, probably because now would be the time. And and if yeah. anything is more pertinent to what's going on in this movie, it's now, The Incredible Shrinking Man, uh, because of everything that has been changed in the last 35 to 40 right. years. Not only literally, but figuratively sure. as well. Incredible Shrinking Man, a perfect movie without question. And I kept being struck by how fun it must have been to work on the set. I'm to, sure it would have been, you know. To build these things, to con- consider how to... I have no doubt there are probably lots of on-set pictures of people sitting in the big, huge chairs. <laughs> but I do remember seeing some articles from, uh, like, Look Magazine, where they're showing production, and they show these very large pieces of furniture that they were showing off before the movie, because those uh, were good publicity gimmicks, you oh, know. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, for and I, I seem to remember see. seeing, um, there's a great publicity shot of two workmen carrying an enormous number two pencil. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that too. Across yeah. the universal lot to the set. And the one guy put his eye out with that thing. It was just... <laughs> they told him not to play with it. What, <laughs> no, they the told him thing, not to run with that thing. The one thing you don't get to see is the enormous sharpener they had to build for that pencil. Yeah, and was... the crank, they were like <laughs> taking turns. as like, you know, making ice cream for little kids. They were trying to get this... It was fun. It was fun to watch. I appreciated how well it was done. I really did, and I particularly had it in perspective of how that all would definitely be computer-generated now. Another reason why this is we consider this a perfect film is the ending. It's open. It's, yeah. it's very open. I don't even know if that's a spoiler alert. It isn't. I'm, no, it, not really. No, it's not really. It's open. We don't. We say, couldn't blow this know, ending if we wanted to. The, and know? the thing about it is that this, you know, this film could have been, you know, another typical goofy '50s sci-fi film, like so many of the the really low-budget ones were, uh, with rubber goofy monsters or something like that. But but it's handled with such aplomb and actually quite touching in many ways. Yeah, it is. And and actually, yeah, the questions that are proposed at the end, you know, in the ending, are actually really rather amazing. Do we? I believe we do have a little piece from that. I was continuing to shrink. To become, what? The infinitesimal. If there were other bursts of radiation, other clouds drifting across seas and continents, would other beings follow me into this vast new world? So close, the infinitesimal and the infinite. But suddenly I knew they were really the two ends of the same concept. The unbelievably small and the unbelievably vast eventually meet like the closing of a gigantic circle. 
Well, this isn't your Huck Finn kind of thing where they're going down the river, you know, and it's just not going to happen. You're, you find yourself thinking, well, there's amoebas and parmesians that he's going to have to deal with. Cause Quarks. He, yeah. And what was funny, I, I found myself listening Quarks. to that and being very, you know, sort of lulled by what he was saying and thinking, wait a minute, where's he talking from then? It, it could be that the writers got drunk and they wrote themselves <laughs> into the corner and they couldn't figure out how to do it. Uh, but this, that's not true because this has one of the best writers that's ever lived in motion pictures, and that is... Richard Matheson. And he also wrote Duel. He also wrote Duel. He's a, but he's a novelist, right, as well. He was a novelist as well. And, and a he gifted... wrote this as, this is a screenplay. He wrote the screenplay based on his own novel called Shrinking Man. Um, at this time, of course, he was also... I, I don't think uh, Twilight Zone has started yet, but he would very soon be tapped by Rod Serling to write some Twilight Zone episodes. And, you know, and if you look up his, his credentials, he's quite an amazing piece of work. Something else I appreciated about this film was uh, how uh, um, this shrinking man clearly was a Boy Scout. He's so resourceful. <laughs> Incredibly resourceful. Yeah. He's like out MacGyver's MacGyver. He's like, he's like little teeny MacGyver. <laughs> He is little MacGyver, isn't he? <laughs> he's just so clever, thing after thing. But you thing know, when he's thing. eating that really rotten cheese on the uh, mousetrap, you're just yeah. wondering, I don't know, he's probably going to run into a bug that's going to eat him, yeah. you know? It's just, ooh. And the other thing, to sort of sidestep this a bit, this film is sort of, like I said, it's part of a series that Universal was doing in the 50s. Um, almost all of them are produced by the same guy, Albert Zugsmith, who also did Sex Kittens Go to College. Hey. Okay. And, and many of them are directed by Jack Arnold. <laughs> And the thing that's interesting about almost every one of them, and the nice thing is when I got my copy of this film, it came with eight other films from Universal in a package, is that so many of them have downer endings where it's like basically <laughs> the scientist or the victim is destroyed by this technology. And it's all sorts of different things. It's like it's like fish. One of them has a poisoned fish blood. And the unsuspecting professor gets gets poisoned by the fish blood and becomes a monster. And he and he cannot save himself. There's Call to the Cobra where a woman wants to remain beautiful and she gets this cobra venom and and she has to uh, kill other men to stay alive. But and they're oh. all so they're all very fatalistic. And I'm wondering, you know, what is this coming out of Universal with this fatalism put into these the guise of these little simplistic uh, science fiction films? It's, it's really just quite. I mean, there's a, probably a good study in there if someone hasn't done it already. And on top of that, why get, Universal was doing these. And on top of that, you got a good spoonful up your nose of existentialism at the end <laughs> oh, yeah. of this yeah. thing. You know, in the showing here, the take galaxy this. Blinking. That's right. Because, like I said, you know, these are these are a little of existentialism kinda... for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're all wrapped up as like a Saturday matinee monster <laughs> monster yeah. flick, and then you're getting this lesson. And you see little kids going home going, Mommy, I'm shrinking. I'm shrinking. All the kids say, I'm shrinking. What does infinitesimal mean? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the incredible shrinking man. Did I say that right? You know, I always thought it was infinitesimal. He says infinitesimal. It's infinitesimal. Infinitesimal. So I don't think he pronounces it. Correctly, but you know, you know, it's like George says all this. You got the cat chasing him, transfers. Then he says a word like that. Yeah, I know. It's sort of like what pops, kind of thing is this, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't it's have to. He's shrinking. He's becoming it. sublime. He's right. going into another thing. I know. I found it to be strangely uh, like positive at the end as well. I had a mm-hmm. nice and, little and swing the, up. The miracles of modern science will just dazzle you in this movie. You know, they have paper tapes and they measure the paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, these. Wait, wait, let's look at this. And uh, does this make? It really different is, and they look at the 
x-rays and everything's real 1950s it is like it, you expect them to take out a really large hammer and hit you in the knees at any point <laughs> somewhere in there. and also I, I wanted to note and, and i meant to say that going in that um when they figure out what they think is wrong they say to him first thing have you been exposed to any pesticides which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting because uh, right away they knew that what had happened is that this uh, radioactive cloud was reacting with the pesticide in his his system. And he said, well, yes, yes, I have. Remember? Remember when we came around that corner, honey? And um, I just thought that was an interesting psychological aspect the to put in DDT. there. DDT. Yeah. And also interesting to note that of all the cast, the one, one of the members of this cast who I believe is still with us, William Shallert, who plays the doctor, plays one of the doctors, who was Patty Duke's father yeah. in the Patty Duke oh, show. Oh, that's right. And is in just thousands and if thousands of movies. that guy doesn't get film. the medal for yeah, he, being yeah. in, in more television serials or movies than anybody, boy, that guy sure got around. Yeah. Right. Everybody knows him, and he's he's great in this, and Perfect. he's still with us. So there you go. William yeah. Shallard. So talk about standing the test of time it is a perfect movie and it is an absolutely uh delightful watch if for nothing if you don't even care about the existential aspects of it to uh watch how the movie is able to portray this man's struggle to deal with a world uh that is just not his to show that the actually the final message of this film size does matter (laughs) it really does one of the one of the elements of this movie that uh, really kind of comes ringing clearer in the 1950s is television. And before the war, it was all newspapers. But George and I were talking about this. There's always a television sitting in their room, but it's not built for you to watch. There's no chairs around it or anything. It's like they put plants on it and things like that. (laughs) But it always figures in the news is going to be on television, that people are outside his his house and the, the news right. guys it's paparazzi are. even. Yeah. And, and it's always kind of the same thing in almost every movie in the 50s. The way you see the television, you never see anything on, but yet the television people always come to report on this amazing thing that's happening. Yep. Uh, and that ran on completely through to the 60s because you remember those television shows, they never look like nobody, nobody watched television. They had the television Television's always in the, the room, corner, but it's never know? turned on. Yeah, there's no chairs around it. Nobody's watching it or anything. So television came around in 54, so it was pretty new. Well, TV, I mean, TV broadcasting started in like 48, 49 oh, did it? on a Why regular basis. Of, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but by 54, it was, you know, mid-50s was pretty, pretty well established. They had four networks. Yeah, you know. right. He's sitting there in the living room, and the, the, the television people are making it. Of course, yeah. what's he do? He runs off with a circus girl. It's his size. Of course, that's how he beats the heat. You know, he finds this beautiful girl who gets pretty good billing in this movie too. Um, right, number three, I think. That girl was April Kent, and I guess they had her marked for a star. Yeah, Clarice. Was she actually a little person for real? No, nah, they scaled her down for the picture. Another <laughs> big fin. You know, they use the big furniture trick on you. Right, and, right. <laughs> I bet there's some of that furniture still around somebody's house to this day. <laughs> In the hey, big room. Have a seat. <laughs> For that matter, I'd like to see where that cat is. <laughs> Butch. I did I did note the Kids name of that had cat. nightmares from that movie, man, when they were watching it on television. That cat. Woohoo, they fluffed him up too. They must have done something to him. They roughed up his fur to make him extra oh. menaceful. It is um, absolutely uh, worth watching, and uh, we say so. Who are we, the uh, film people? And let's just review about 
So he he di- disappears and goes into outer space as we can. We don't only know where imagine. he went. That's so why we can't even do the spoiler about- <laughs> alert. Yeah, we have no idea you where that guy. He could be in my cereal tomorrow morning. <laughs> you never know. And who knows about how aging affects all of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but rule number one, there's. Um, I mean, except for. Uh, I it mean, totally we- creates the world existing. That's right, and and now it's even now you know fifty years hence it's even more so because. This world, this 50s that we see in there, it no longer exists. Oh, no. We don't right. see anything like that anymore. So it's kind of it's added a double charm to this film. Take a look at the street. Everybody drives convertibles. <laughs> and they're all they're probably all Chryslers, all too. All Chryslers. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't have any child seats for the guy. Right. Or right. seatbelts. Right. None such. Yeah. Well, another thing about Rule Tools is that it sustains it. Um, I... I feel like that there were like the tarantula and the fact that you could see some of the special effects for what they were. It's still, the story was compelling enough. The that story it, I is just compelling, and I think they they keep on track with the story. They they don't cheat you on this, you know. And all all of the the rigmarole he has to go through and the constant, you know, every every time they come back, he's a little smaller, a little smaller. Yeah, and he and makes it a, works really makes a well. really good statement. He says, "I'm sure I'm not going to get this right." And he says, "I've been six foot two since I was 17 years old." <laughs> <laughs> that that really kind of sticks with you. Think, wow, you know, she's getting really small now. Yeah. He was a pretty tall guy, and that's part of the entertainment value and rule. It right. is, yes, yeah, and it still sustains. There's no question about it. I mean, to say that um, we are finding it entertaining, and certainly culture is quite a bit different. Well, today. Yeah, and it's it's a very highly regarded in in the pantheon of 50 sci-fi movies. It's one of the top ones. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I'm correcting this. It is now on the national film registry Aww. with Library of Congress. And a lot of these movies dealt with people becoming diminutive, really small, like them. Remember that movie, The Ants? No. Right. Oh, people yeah. People don't get yes, smaller, do. but they have these humongous ants That's that come right. after They're them. diminutive yes. in size compared to the forces around them. Interesting thing about kids' cartoons, they always have superheroes, and when they run out of material, all these superheroes get together and they fight a giant. You know, all this was a big theme. The Fly, we were talking about that earlier. David Hedison is little guy. Right. Yeah. Help me! Help me! <laughs> I saw the remake of that, and it was pretty good. It was Maybe good we'll too. talk about that. Yeah, uh, especially when his face falls off. That's really good. One day. So Prosthetics. I, I, I love being made aware through um, through these movies, which is something, again, so grateful to the film guys, that um, that the, the, the psyche of the culture of a people is reflected in – Specifically, I think movies. There's something about like yeah. a there's a like a cloud that rolls We're in. We're taking this as like lighthearted stuff, but it really there's is something strong underneath. Right. That says well, there's so much of the culture. the social and political mores of the time. Because look at '57, we have you know we've just gotten through McCarthyism, we've just gotten through Korea. Now we're closing in. We're rapidly closing in on Vietnam. They were doing still these, the bomb and the Russians. They were doing sure, these things like the, the Russians. They were doing these things like the bikini bomb test, where they were wiping out scads. Bikini islands, bikini yeah. Bikini islands, yeah. Yeah, the bomb test that they wiped out all those ships with, and then they had these major tests out in the desert where they wiped out cities with those great films of the trees bending over backwards oh, and the houses imploding. That all figures in there. In, in are we going to figure it out for you? No. There's like a helplessness in it, and maybe that's what I like best about this movie, that he, it, he ends up uh, making the adjustments to be able to cope mm-hmm. and do. He, uh, yeah, he wins the epic His hair battle. is always combed. <laughs> it always looks good. And maybe, maybe but I did his beard grew. And maybe that's the filmmaker's message is that, you know, man is strong enough to cope 
with all that is thrown at him if he makes the mind to do it. And I appreciated that quite a lot. And gentlemen, that is another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. If you'd like to give us your thoughts on The Incredible Shrinking Man, or if you would like to suggest a movie of your own, there's lots of ways to ring through to the film, guys. How do you do that? Oh, get on Facebook. Look us up. <laughs> Go to our website, www.perfectmovie.net, and uh, email us at filmguys at perfectmovie.net. Or check us out on iTunes, WISO.org or NPR.org. So many Your ways. comments are very much appreciated. We really look forward to like you know what you have to say about the show. We really do. And particularly if, you, that. if you're listening from far away, it's always fun to hear from that as well. We've been getting some nice emails from points far. Oh yeah, we especially appreciate those of you over in Europe and all the far-flung Australia and everything writing to us. That's just so cool. And that one letter we got from the Arctic Circle. That's going to go on our wall. <laughs> That's going on the wall. Or if yes. you're just down the street, make the connection, and uh, we promise we'll make it worth your while. J. Todd Anderson, thank you for being here today. Always my pleasure, Nikki Secret Dakota Ring. George Willeman. It's more fun than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of... Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.